When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody, welcome to episode 211. Yeah. The Tyrese and Impassion Pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. We don't have, I don't know, I feel like, I mean, we could talk about the same old stuff. Uh, there's not too much to talk about. We're, we're, we're going to bring up the, the limited amount of Red Wings talk there is. Um, Matt and Mike, also super long days today. Matt's day started bright and early at uh, 5 a.m., um, and Mike, all day work meeting today, which means Matt couldn't fool around at all because he was on his webcam and, you know. Oh, like, on the webcam. Yeah. So oh, you gotta, no. yeah, you couldn't, uh, you know, like look away. You had to, you had to be fully focused. Uh, no phones, no nothing. Chewy, what's going on, my man? Um, Chewy here in the chat. Somebody, somebody help, you know, chime in if you're, if you come along. For the, for I the doing fun ride today. Yeah, good uh, to see yeah, you. So it, was, it was a long day today. And Matt uh, Matt didn't have... Usually I take my lunch uh, to like start dialing in uh, with uh, you know the Red Wings community and figuring out if there's anything to talk about. Um, just no... Zero energy today. I, I don't know if you guys can feel it. With, we can uh, feel it. Can you feel it? <laughs> can you feel the no energy? Um, but yeah, Matt's ready for bed, but we still, we gotta, we gotta make content for you guys. So that's what we're here for. Um, Chewy's having a busy day today too. I, I even forgot, Mike, I forgot to pull in the slides. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of ramble here as I pull those in, but Mike, how, how was your day today? It sounded like, uh, yours, yours didn't go so great either. Well, you know, um, I just found out I'm not going to be making very much money this month. Uh, same thing with my significant other. Um, so it's it's been uh, it's been a trying day, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna suck it up. I'm gonna drink one of these delicious uh, cherry cokes, and then I'm gonna try and stay up till uh, eleven <laughs> midnight, maybe even one o'clock, watching USA versus Canada. Woo! Um, For the ladies. I thought that was pretty funny that you lifted that uh, to tell, let us know you had a cherry coke because the way you spun that can around, I thought we were about to be introduced to a brand new version of coca-cola i got 
What, what do they call this? They're doing... cherry, cherry Coke. What do you think about that? They're, huh? they're doing wild they... things with Coca-Cola these days. This one's, <laughs> this one's cherry flavored. Look at that. It's in a Whoa. pink can and... Hold pink on, let me see. everything. Is that pink or, or a different color? I'm, we're both colorblind. Yeah, we're the wrong two people to ask. <laughs> you think that, because we're brothers, one of us would, like, you know, uh, be Mr. Glass, and one of us would be unbreakable, uh, but unfortunately, we're both Mr. Glass, and neither of us can see color. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <coughs> uh, Mike, I thought, you know what, I just thought of this, uh, since we're so short on content. We do we do have a couple of things. You guys can see what this episode's called. Mort Cider leads the mid-season, and for podcast listeners, I'm about to do the uh, air quotes here, the mid-season vote. Uh, if I may, for a uh, Calder Trophy. And that's because it's mm -hmm. not the actual voters. Uh, it was a, an experiment conducted by ESPN and Greg Wyshynski we'll talk about. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But Mike, yeah, Detroit favorite, our boy, my boy, not your boy. I think I was more excited about this than uh, anybody in our family. Mike, Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl champion. One year removed, just over a year after ending that relationship with the Lions, Mike, he wins the Super Bowl. What to you? Because everybody knows I'm a, I'm a Stafford slappy. Uh, yes. I, I've been a huge Stafford fan since we drafted him. Uh, Mike, we had entire episodes dedicated to Stafford when this show used to be 75 and Woodward and we would touch on all Detroit sports. So we know where I'm at, Mike. It's true. What for you, uh, from the outside of Stafford Slappydom, is this more embarrassing for the Lions or more of a heartwarming tale for Stafford? What's uh, what's weighing the scale down? Uh, I'm actually going to go with the third option uh, because I think a lot of Lions fans uh, we feel vindicated. You know, uh, we've talked about a curse uh, for years, for decades, as, you know, fathers would, you know, have the Fox or CBS on on a Sunday, and suddenly your, your little boy's like, oh, what's that called, Papa? It's, oh, that's that's football, son. And, oh, what what's that team in the, is it, is it Korean blue? No, no, son, uh, that's Hawaiian, Honolulu blue, actually. Um, should I like them? No, you shouldn't. But then they get attached. And it's just, it goes on generation to generation. Matt, unfortunately, probably a little teddy boy is probably going to get attached and just never feels like it's going to pan out. And people are like, well, maybe they'll sell the team. And it makes way too much money to ever get sold. Um, I don't know why you would ever get rid of that cash cow, no matter how indifferent you are. Um, so, Matt, I think to see somebody we've given a lot of grief to uh, for for more than a decade of, you know, it's his fault that we stink. Um, I think we finally, finally feel like, oh, see, it is true. We were right all along. It's just the lion curse. And now he's left. And in one year, he's already a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. And I've already heard the talking heads say, might be in the Hall of Fame now. And as weird as that might be to think about, he does have historically, you know, relevant, you know, high numbers, uh, passing yards, touchdowns, and now he's got a championship. So 
you know, he's got more championships than uh, what Dan Marino. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I saw that hall of fame talk too. And I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess so. He's always been at, you know, at the top of like careers, all time career st statistics. He's always yeah. been breaking those records of like youngest guy to do this, youngest guy to do that. But this isn't uh, you know, this isn't a lion's podcast. So I didn't want to dwell on it. I just know we're short on <laughs> topics today. No, I mean, like, is there, is there a Red Wing equivalent of a guy who left and won and we were really jealous of him? I mean, we're the team that would take those guys on. We grew up. I mean, besides, I mean, besides, so, like you know, Brent Hall and Robitaille and Hashik and. Uh, well, we played. We played that game, right? Uh, maybe we have to adjust the game. Uh, we played the game a couple of weeks ago. Like, is there someone on this team who could be the Stafford? Where there's going to be this um, high of highs and low of lows, like people backing him to no end and people against him ever winning again. And uh, I think we settled on Tyler Bertuzzi because I, th I think uh, Larkin would just be loved so much that, you know, it, it wouldn't compare. But so what I'm saying is the game would change because now we're looking at this instead of just being like the reaction to Stafford winning was so what's the word I'm looking for. It's on either end of the spectrum. It's polarizing, polarizing. Thank you. Um, you either love him or you hate him. And I, I think we want to get away from that and say, Mike, is there, because now this has happened to us and our sport, our, our Detroit sports fan to dumb. We've had Justin leave us, Mr. Verlander, head on over to the Strohs and win a World Series that year. <laughs> and we've also had Stafford now leave. Um, I can't think of a piston off the top of my head. Always feels like Pistons are Pistons for life, or like they just don't find the success anywhere else, right? It's not like, yeah, I mean, it's always like the same. Our... Like it's always like the same four teams. Um, yeah. Right now, it's like you know, Warriors. Now it's going to be the Bucks. Um, I I do feel like uh, in kind of a different way from Stafford, where you where you where you feel like your assessment was was proven uh, to hold sway was when Andre Drummond. Uh, joined the Lakers on a minimum deal. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be on the coattails of a championship team. And it was the first time LeBron was kicked out in the first round of the playoffs. So I was like, ha, no, see, Drummond does suck. We were right. Woo, I knew it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <laughs> he brought his Drummond juju with him. Um, but I know we want to reel it in a little bit for hockey, but, we, you know, it's, yeah, it's a Detroit guy. Yeah. He's, he's a big Stafford fan. He's happy for him. Uh Gray Ford's here. What's up, my man, Gray? Uh, he forgot about Verlander. That that one, I was really thinking Verlander was coming back this year too. That's uh, that was a bit of a stinker. <laughs> but yeah, I it's it's tough to look at now, right? And say, all right, 10, 12 years from now, Mike, do, is there a guy on this team that's gonna up and leave? Because that's why we stopped the the last episode. We stopped the conversation because it was getting so negative. Because then you're looking at this team saying like. Well, we're going to go another 10 years and never make, you know, any leeway. And I think right now we could look at it and say there's definitely a plan. We're, we're taking steps forward. So it's it's like a moot conversation. It's a moot point. Well, like, look at it this way. Like, uh, uh, James Harden, literally, you know, the basketball player, uh, he's been traded on like three or four teams now in the past year. 
And he went for Brooklyn playing with Kevin Durant. And he said, I can't do this. I just can't play with Kevin Durant anymore. Please trade me. Um, so he he pouted and whined uh, to get the trades that he wanted. And Stafford, by God, he still showed up to work. And it seemed like he gave a crap um, playing for us. So I, I, I don't know if, if you can really hate the guy. I, I feel like he, he kind of went about business the right way. Um, even in the like post-game interviews, they're asking him, man, remember last year you were a lion. Oh, now look at you. And he never went for the bait. He just said, oh, you know, I'm, I just want to talk about these guys. I'm really proud of my teammates, and we did a good job. So he still had every opportunity to, you know, Rub deservedly throw this awful franchise under the bus, and he never did. So <laughs> well, he's a better I person. Yeah, he, he definitely kept it to the fans, though. I think uh, he'd always pivot that, and he, he's very appreciative. Um, all right, so let's do, do a little Red Wings here. Yeah, let's let's talk about on, the Wings. On the Red Wings, um, right. Let's do a little Red Wings. Before we get into the topic of the show, uh, we want to talk about Philip Sedina and his performance so far. Uh, Mike, in the last game, uh, so we talked, we've got three games now, right, in the books. In the middle game, we talked about how that first line – from an analytics perspective, after getting a goal from Philip Sedina, had one of its worst performances, again, from an analytics perspective. So you're talking about uh, those opportunities put on that versus the opportunities you're giving up. And based on that statistic, wasn't so great. Mike, this was, uh, we're right back at the top. Not only was the first line our best line of the game, um, Zadina ended up being our best player. Uh, per 60, uh, limiting opponent chances to 0.83 uh, expected goals against and uh, putting up on the board per 60, 1.75 expected goals for. So, um, yeah, our boy ended up with a 67.86%. Per, 67 uh, better than Lucas Raymond at 65, better than Dylan Larkin at 64. Uh, our, our boy, Mo Sider, who's going to be in a conversation in a second here at 55.94%. So, what do these percentages mean for anybody new to the show? Again, that means we're putting up more chances than our opponent. That's where those numbers are coming from. Mike, we've been following it. We said we would. We would make it a topic of the show or a segment in every show to, to kind of look at what, what Zadina's been doing on this first line. And we, we kind of measured it. We're measuring it a few different ways. We want to see the production of Zadina tick up. We want to make sure the production of the first line does not tick down. And then we want to make sure that Zadina's underlying you know, deep cut analytics continue on the same pace that they were at. So in that last game, we said they took a dip. But if we take a look back at those three games, your fourth best player from an expected goals for percentage on this team over those last three games, it's Philip Sedina. So everything seems to be moving right along. I think um, as long as the production keeps up, we don't don't mark and just, you know, he, he can't. You can't help it. It's it's just <laughs> rolling for him right now. This, again, right. we talked about in the last episode, is one of the uh, best stretches of Dylan Larkin's career uh, from a point streak perspective, from a multiple points per game perspective. Um, and having Phillips Adina with him, no matter if the points are scored on special teams or what's going on, if he's scoring on a line change, it doesn't matter. What you want to talk about is making sure that Dylan Larkin's production isn't just being completely hampered by a change on the first line. It's not. So... Our conclusion so far through three games, let it pretty, ride. Pretty promising uh, results. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a best-case scenario uh, where 
we we would like Blashill to have difficult decisions uh, when Verona comes back because I I think Matt and I, you and I were in uh, tandem that you know when Verona comes back it's our best goal scorer. Obviously, you put him back on the first line, but if Sedina, he's not just you know like being the equal to Larkin and Raymond. If he's actually having these games where you know statistically, I I know. I know. All right. Like sometimes we, we do have to throw in the eyeball test, right? With obviously Larkin is our best player, but if Sedina is, you know, measuring points above, it's not like he's just bringing everybody down, you know, a, a level with him. He's actually, you know, still elevating the performance of the line. It would be nice to have tough decisions where you're like, man, maybe we do kind of let them marinate for a little while. And, you know, Verana's still getting on his feet. Maybe we do put him you know, on the third line for a little while, let him get, you know, um, um, his stamina back up, you know, to what it needs to be for a full NHL game and, you know, kind of bring him along, you know, let him season it a little bit, you know, 10 minutes a game or so and mm-hmm. kind of see where we go from there. So, it, God, Sedina, um, I'm, I'd be so happy if he could make this a difficult decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, contextually, this is still a very small sample size, uh, but still encouraging. Yeah, and I, th- I wanted to bring this up, too, so everybody could take a peek, because uh, Keith brought up there, Larkin, 13th in the league, scoring last I checked. Keith, thank you for that. I did not check that. Uh, I, I was keeping an eye on this point streak, so I appreciate you doing that for us. Uh, like we talked about in the last episode, this is just getting juicier, because it's another multi-point game for Larkin. Three points started going back to January 29th against Toronto. Two goals and assists, then a goal and an assist against Anaheim. One assist against the Kings, golden assist against Philly in that first game, three assists against Philly on that next game, including the assists they promised they would take away from Larkin. So who knows if that's going to change. Uh, but then another two points, goal and assist, uh, uh, assist against uh, Minnesota there. Uh, what do we have? Five, six, seven, eight, 11, uh, 13 points there, Mike. Six games. Very nice. I know, I know it doesn't mean anything. Because, you know, we're, we're not even, like, contending for a playoff spot. Not really. Not with the games in hand that Boston has, and we just don't have the depth. It's not, like, a realistic thing. But for some reason, don't you guys feel that kind of little swell of pride that it doesn't feel like we've had, like, a league-leading scorer in, in ages? Uh, yeah. <laughs> arguably since, you know, uh, the Datsuk, Zetterberg, and uh, Lidstrom days. It, it just doesn't feel like we've had somebody, you know, in that upper echelon of NHL talent. And then even when we had Larkin, it was like, well, he's pretty good, but he gets like 60 points in an 80-game season. And now he's he's healthy, he's got capable line mates, and my God, you know, you know he's scratching that, you know, that uh, that glass ceiling there, and it looks like he's going to be getting into that top 10. So, it, I don't know, just, it again, you like to have a little positivity because we know we've been in the doldrums, you know, for, you know, a couple seasons in a row now. So it kind of Hey, you know, this team's they're growing a little bit. Now we almost got like a like a real we got a league leader now. Yeah, we got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that, Ovechkin? Yeah. Um, it's it I don't know. Is that feeling is that only over here? Is it only me? No, I, I think we need things to live for. That was that was one of the things where I was getting mad at everyone um kind of poo-pooing the the Calder fights online, like we would be making our arguments that it should be Raymond or Cider. And it, I was like, 
let people have their arguments because they all, if we take that away from them, then what are we doing? Then we're just watching these games and half of them are going to be losses. We're, we aren't going to sneak into the playoffs. So what else is there? So give, give people their, give them their shot at just having some sort of argument. Um, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It, it's that we're at that point right now uh, where you just, you know, just let us have it. Just go away. <laughs> but uh, another thing uh, to point out, too, uh, with, with Larkin being 13th in the league here, according to Keith Dast, our man in the field, um, <laughs> it was uh, pointed out by uh, Prashant, uh, one of our friends of the show, been on a couple episodes. So that's how, you def- that's how you're defined as a friend. Um, <laughs> Larkin is one of five players in the league that are in the um, – that, that are measured in like the top 20 of expected goals, uh, uh, you know, uh, above a replacement and goals above a replacement. So that means you've actually, you're in the top 20 of that, those two statistics where you're bringing more goals to your replace uh, when compared to your replacement player. Uh, and, and I believe it was Dylan Larkin, Austin Matthews, Philip Forsberg, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, if I got Forsberg wrong, let me know, everybody, because I feel like that might be the only one I got wrong. But um, definitely McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Austin Matthews in that conversation right now. I, it's fun. There, there's nothing you want to take too much away from because when you take a look at, you know, you could just go back one season and, and see, even though Larkin wasn't healthy, um, I mean, it's not like the performance was at this level. We can go back two seasons and say that. So we need to see this extended for a long period. I think right now we're just really excited and we can say, wow, if the trend continues to go up, we don't have just an elite center. I mean, you have an elite of elite kind of center. You have, I mean, if if we're talking about him being in the advanced analytics section of Austin Matthews, <laughs> where that caliber of players talked about, you're not talking about elite you're talking about franchise player. And he's our captain for sure. But when I talk about a franchise player, I mean the whole team is built around him. I can tell you right now, I don't know if I'd peg him as that player right now. I think right now I'm oh, building this team around Moritz Cider. Your pick. Oh, you'd peg Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I, totally, I wondered if you're gonna let that go. No, I uh, totally did not catch that. You that's got okay. Me. Um, so I mean, it's not to say anything. I'm, I'm not trying to speak negatively of Dylan Larkin when I say that. I'm just saying, from top of mind, you met me at a party and you're like, "Whole Red Wings team, who are you building this team around right now?" And it sounds so silly, but <laughs> like, I want I want to build it around. The younger guy. Can I say younger? I'm going to say younger. I mean, we know Dylan's still a spring chicken, but, you know, he does have the next big contract coming up. It's just, that's what I was saying. I'm just saying. It's not like Delarkin's like top three on that list. It's not bad. I'm just right. Am I wrong? Does anybody else agree with me? Am I crazy? Is everybody else building this team around Dylan Larkin and not a Moritz Cider? I must be crazy. Um, Dylan Larkin's a very important piece. I'm just saying you're not like, and you want to build your team around a few different core players. I'm just saying if you sat down at a party and someone asked, 
not who is the best player on the team, which arguably you could still say is Mort Sider. I know I'm going all over the place right now. You can still arguably say Mort Sider is the best player on this team, way better than Dylan Larkin. No problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I will say. No uh, you said that. But, I mean, we're not really we're not really used to it, like maybe our generation, right? We weren't really there for uh, maybe you want to throw Datsuk in there in Zetterberg. I don't know, but to be there at the like the 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 genesis of excellence, you know, watch twenty year old Mo Sider be the best player on the ice, you know, multiple games in a row. Like it's not a fluky thing. Depending on the matchup, like he's one of the best defensemen already, and he doesn't know shit. You don't know shit, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's already this good. Um, I. I he, I don't know if you're building a team around him, but man, it sure feels like, you know, you got uh, 23 minutes a game where I feel pretty confident that there aren't going to be a lot of goals going in. So if we could just figure out the other 40 minutes, man, what a hockey team that could be. See, Craig, Craig points out it takes more than one. So for anybody Absolutely. listening to the show, I can only reiterate so many times. So this will be my last time. I'm saying you're sitting down at a party. If you, Craig, if your answer to that question is, well, <laughs> let me tell you how hockey works. I'm walking away from you. I 100%, Craig. I'm going to go back to the table full of Doritos and Cheetos, and I'm like, all right, Craig's not having fun with me. I'm trying, let, let's, I'm picking more insider is that, that one guy. If you were asked to pick the one guy, that's who I'm picking. I didn't want this conversation to go in this direction. I just wanted to make that that comment where it was like, does your franchise player change into Dylan Larkin? If I mean, obviously, if this point production continues, yes, that's your franchise player at this point. I'm just saying at the start of the season, we had nothing to point to for Dylan Larkin being that's who you're building. You know, that that's that's you're building the team. I'm not saying you're getting rid of him. I'm not saying he was on the trade block. I'm saying you Matt, what have, do you know? Like the mindset for that question is different. What do you know, man? What do you know? Shut up. Get up. What do you know about the trade block? Huh? What do you know over there? <laughs> Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 in any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You could still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone could play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 8778 hopeny or text hopeny i know we wanted to touch on sedina we wanted to touch on larkin um 
<laughs> everybody but cider who's in the title of the episode Oof. uh mike why we're bringing this up uh greg washinsky uh let's see what he did here i, I just want to read this real quick um Went ahead, did, I'm going to call it a, a little experiment here. Uh, here, uh, He's calling it the NHL Awards Watch uh, for February. Uh, we've pulled a selection of professional hockey writers, uh, voters, anonymously, to get a sense of uh, where the wind is blowing for the current leaders. Um, and he mentions, Mike, your boy, he's so surprised and shocked that Trevor Zegras is not Rookie of the Year. Um, he does throw out there, bear in mind, uh, what is it? The uh, PHWA votes for the Hart, Norris, Calder, Selkie, Lady Bang. Uh, so that that is going to be rather so close. So Zegers getting Hart uh, votes, or yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what what Greg's pointing out there is that uh, you know he's not getting every professional hockey writer association voter here because uh, he he did say he pulled a selection, but this would have you believe you know when they do these polls and stuff uh for like the news they they pull a selection a group of people that fit uh i don't know why i'm explaining this we're just saying that if the trend of picking a random selection of hockey writers results in the result we got then uh, maybe that's where this is leading and the result of course me talking out of my ass right now uh was mort cider and what i have on the screen right now it's mort cider's player card from jay fresh where he right now is at the 94 percent uh or i should say in the top six percent uh for projected war for this season so um mike i i <laughs> we can pivot this conversation uh any which way you want um i i want to take this as sort of like a i don't know i guess like a sigh of relief because I, I, I was just talking about how we get all angry and upset about, uh, you know, we want our players to win some awards, especially something like rookie voting, because we got to figure if there's some hope for this team, it's that we have good rookies coming our way. Now, what, what's what's the argument against this, against this, Mike? There's so many guys that have won the Calder that don't pan out. I don't care. <laughs> I, want, I want our boys, one of our boys, uh, to win the Calder. Um, so... Uh, well, uh, I do think it's kind of interesting at this projection of uh, Cider being at a 94% win, win, uh, win share above replacement. Um, so for me, that means that um, there's, what, 32 teams now, now that we have Seattle? Yeah. Um, they each have about six defensemen. Mm -hmm. uh, so that gives us 192 starting defenseman you know we're not going taxi squad or you know that six guy always gets scratched sorry osterly apologies to you yeah um and if you do that that other six percent there that little little wiggle room there that would mean that you know there's roughly about 12 players or so kind of in the most cider realm and based on this 20 year old boy um amongst men that actually checks out if you sort the NHL stats right now, just by points. Most ciders literally number 12. So, Matt, I, I don't know how these projections work. Because for me, a projection means, you know, based on what he's doing right now, this is what he's going to be doing in the future. Um, and I would think that based on him being 20 and how he don't know shit, I feel like he's going to get... Take it for the rest the rest of the season where he'll land. The rest of the season? 
Yeah, like, a few of these. Saying, I just want to be sure because a few of these the I've seen where they took Larkin and they did projections, and then they factored in like his previous two years. Um, and obviously he was injured. He was, you know, not necessarily playing with, um, you know, the greatest uh, players that the NHL had to offer. And it felt like that factored into what his percentage was. Um, right. So like normally Jay Fresh has three years. We don't have three years. So we're, that's why. So what you would say is like over the three year span with more weight to the most recent year, that's how you can figure out where that player ranks. Now for Mo, he doesn't have those three years. So you kind of just, you, you want to take that out of it because basically he's cheating a little bit here. Right. Um, I just yeah, don't I want just, you to. Uh, I, I don't want you to look at it and say he's projected like going forward. He's going to be in the top. Like right now. You know, no, I would say look at it. I want to look at it this in. way. No, I just want to put it in perspective this way that it feels like ninety four percent. Dare I say it is like the low end of where we think he could be. I mean, not low. I mean, you know, like we're not talking like end of his career. You know, when he's broken. But it's not like he's in his prime yet. He's not supposed to be there for like another six or seven years. Um, so I, I don't know if he's just going to be a hundred percent, Matt. How high? How high could this go? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. He can just be. He can't get to a hundred and one. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I know what you're saying. You're just saying like he's a rookie now. He's at ninety four percent already, which is again suggesting he's in the top six percent of all defensemen in the league. So he he should only go up. I, I think that's unfair. <laughs> like we just talked about Larkin. Um, there's been ups and downs uh, in his, in his career so far. So yeah, but I mean, you're right, right. Statistically based on players and where they hit their prime, Mort Sider technically, or I shouldn't say technically, I should say again, I should be consistent. Statistically, it suggests that he's only going to get better. So, yeah, for him being 20 at 94%, it should only go up. But I I don't know if that's a fair – I don't I mean, know if he, that's a fair assessment to make because we know it's not going to happen. I mean, he could get bored. You know, he might – you know, it, it you, you can't just expect guys to just always, you know, be progressive and progressing and getting better and better, but – well, like he's gonna have a season where he's playing with a significant injury too, right? Like he's gonna. He's also have, gonna have a season where he's not he's playing have, with uh, DeKaiser. That's true. Like it, it will get better for that reason. But you know, there's like a torn scrot in his future. You know, something like that. So you got your torn scrot. That number might take a dip, <clears throat> just like Larkin's numbers when he wasn't healthy. So that was a quick Darren McCarty. I know what it was, man. <laughs> Hear it. Oh. Uh-huh. Found out a friend at work is good friends with the guy who does like the weekly podcast with Darren McCarty on Woodward Sports. <laughs> he was like, I'm not sure if he was about to say, I could probably get Darren McCarty on your show. And I totally <laughs> I ruined. I was like, yeah, we might have already had him. And for our listeners, it's kind of an infamous little plot <laughs> device in our every episode where we bring up our. Uh, one-sided uh, rivalry with Darren McCarty. <laughs> not, not our favorite moment. No, yeah. in Red Wings ran history. Gotta throw out there, uh, Chewy letting us know he just got his hoodie. Hey, hey. my dude, 
if anybody wants to join Chewy, they're uh, bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, you just hit that shop button. Um, Craig, did uh, he did come back on our side. Craig, thank you for having fun with me. <laughs> thank you for letting me spew my nonsense. But Craig uh, does agree with us that cider should be the vote for the Calder. Um, however, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, you know, Mike, if you ask me right now who's... Oh, this is this sounds weird, but it is my daughter. I was, you know, you're gonna say who's the most beautiful girl in the world? I'm gonna say my daughter. Uh, so it, it <laughs> like we want. I I'd vote for cider. I think everyone here except for Mike would vote for cider uh, for the Calder Trophy. And it's just good to know that the the Professional Hockey Writers Association agrees with us. That's where my side. That's uh, I. You know what, man? I wouldn't expect anything less because <laughs> they're a bunch of oh, oh, tone yeah, deaf. Yeah. Bunch of tone-deaf old buffoons who don't ever want to see this league get off the ground. Here's Mike. Big brain in it. Oh, boy. I'm going to make Trevor Zegras you know what? Calder Trophy winner. We got to turn this. Problems no, we got to turn this league into a turn peacock. It? Did you just say you got to turn it? Oh, man. What a dumb thing to we say. We got to turn this league into a peacock and let it fly. And we're not going to let it fly. If we're letting a smart defenseman make heady moves in a highlight reel for our sport. I'm sorry. It takes too much thought to really appreciate cider. So, Matt, give me the razzle-dazzle of Zegris so we can finally sell this company. To people to watch, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it is funny that Wyshynski put it. Like, he's just dumbfounded that uh, Zegris wasn't leading the way in votes. Uh, I think his quote in here, uh, no one can match the hype machine or highlight reel. I, you know, honestly, I'll put it this way. Like, this just goes to show that the Red Wings need to do a better job of showing off that one-man penalty kill. Can I? I also like guys with chips on their shoulder. So I wouldn't mind Cider and Raymond getting shot out and the Red Wings go over 2. All right. Chewy's adding uh, his vote. But Chewy, we no, already knew you guys, we were voting for Cider. We're doing shoulder chips. Shoulder chips. Come on, everybody. Shoulder <laughs> chips. Vote for Zegris. Um... The Wings have good luck with players. Uh, oh, falling second in the Calder voting. There you go. Bingo, bingo. Was that uh, how many? How, well, you couldn't have Fedorov and Lidstrom, right? Because they were both the same year. So is that, do we have a second and third place? I can't recall off the top of my head how that even worked out. Um, I, you know what? I'm not even going to look it up because we have one more topic and then Matt wants to, uh, Matt wants to go to bed. Yeah. Again, anybody who missed the beginning of the show, Matt had a long day and he's ready for bed. Um, <laughs> what was our uh, last topic today? Well, we got the ranges coming up. You know, what's funny. I'm about to check and make sure that's correct. Cause Matt is that tired. Um, so I did pull up, <laughs> uh, I pulled up, uh, from yes, Fresh New York tomorrow in series. New York. Yeah, this was a big uh, – man, this was – they're trying to tout this game, but Lafreniere is just not scoring enough uh, for that to work. So it's Lucas Raymond versus Lafreniere. <laughs> um, so we used, we used this tool, Mike. Uh, the last time we used it was to predict two easy wins against the Flyers. Uh, the second one was a little bit harder to come by, but – I would still say there's enough here for us to make a proper assessment uh, the same way that we were able to predict a couple of wins against the Flyers. We, we predicted back to, you know, 
I gotta say, I'm not patting us on the back. I'm saying they, that that this is a good tool. I'm I'm not saying, oh man, we did a good job. We basically looked at the at this table and said, yeah, this makes sense. We have enough. We're crossing off enough boxes here. We're checking off enough boxes that we should we should win these games easily. Now, <clears throat> talking about this Rangers game, Mike. Um, what we're talking about with these team comparison tools from JFresh. Somebody pointed out too on Twitter that he just steals all this data from different websites, but he charges people for his tables. I, I, Jay Fresh, friend of the show, but I, I did laugh a little bit where it's like, yeah, I guess he has just got to steal everybody else's data and selling it a second time. Um, <laughs> it'd be hilarious if he was a regular listener and it never comes back on now. Anyways, <clears throat> where just were like, we? Um, I think we were going over for. Uh, yeah. or what? I'm not going to read through this list. Let's just do this, Mike. We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thingies. Uh, that we're comparing the uh, the, the wings and the Rangers against each other. Rangers uh, have six thingies. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have uh, what you don't want to get too technical, man. I'm sleepy. I said I was sleepy. Uh, we have six. What What do we want to call these? Shabiggle bagels. I, I blew this up for anybody adding comments right now because uh, I can't read it because I'm so tired. So this is this took up my whole screen. Um, statistics? We just we'll just call. It I'm gonna say uh, looks like we're in a little trouble goaltending wise. Uh, Igor is uh, rocking the balls over New York. Uh, let me tell you. Yes, uh, that was so. You kind of took the whole plot here away from me the whole idea i wanted to go through because you could make the argument here we're pretty even if the red wings aren't better from five on five uh both expected and actual finish here uh but the um rangers have a great power play and great goaltending is pretty much where this is all gonna land uh they i mean you could make the argument too right um with with their defensive statistics for you know five on five goals against, this is just right in line with how good the goaltending is because their expected goals against is just about as terrible as ours. So this is a game that's going to come down to is Ned going to give us Ned from January moving back, or are we going to get February Ned? Um, you know as much as um. Uh, a few of us like to joke on the show about, um, you know, the ineptitude of uh, Grice. Ever since Grice went down, it kind of feels like Ned's also gone down because it doesn't feel like he's gotten that that break every couple games. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of reports that he's kind of worn out and wouldn't mind like a, a day or two off. Um, but we had I, Grice in was that game one or game two against Philly? One of those games. Um. Yeah, I, Matt, what I was going to throw out there is a trend that we've seen uh, throughout this this, uh, this season. Yeah. Is uh, we're pretty good at home. Pretty raucous arena at Little Caesars. Um, but on the road, not so much. And, uh, Matt, what we've – a phrase we've uh, created on here is 500 team going to 500. We're 22, 22, and 6. Um, Matt, our goal differential for the season, which has also kind of been an indicator of, uh, you know, where we're going to end up when, <laughs> if, when we joke yeah. about a playoff push. Uh, now the Rangers, they're, they're doing pretty well, Matt. It's a pretty good hockey team over there. They're a plus 24 on the season. Wow. Look at that. Red Wings, uh, with 50 games played, uh, still leading the league in games played. Matt, negative 30. 
not very good. Um, so I'm going to say that based on our being on the road, based on the goal differential, um, it it doesn't bode well for our, for our boys in red. Um, and if you're going to go um, the old DraftKings way, Matt, put some money on the Rangers. I mean, yeah, that's probably the smart route to go. Uh, I, I still say this is all just going to come down to goaltending. There is um, – what was that article that came out of the athletic where they uh, interviewed different NHL executives. And one of them just really threw the stank at range at the Rangers. And they said, that is not a team that is drawing any sort of blueprint. He's like, this is all goaltending. It's all puck luck. Ignore the Rangers. I thought it was, that was pretty brutal. So with that, it's possible we could steal it, but Mike's playing this game correctly. If you're going to put money down somewhere, if you're going to look at this and figure out where the wind's going to come from, whoopsies. Um, it's 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 just, it's been so hard to score against Igor. I, I just got to believe that the one thing that changes this is if Larkin continues his point streak and Bertuzzi help, you know, the second line keeps rolling because that those guys score outside of what should be statistically happening because they have those, uh goals for uh above goals expected numbers that are just insane this year where they're in the top 10 in the league so there's there's yeah, a I mean, statistic on the road. that works for the wingdings so yeah. I, i'm gonna say i you know what i'm gonna go for the wings and say that's the difference maker that we just we have two guys that are already breaking statistics for goal scoring so it's not like the rangers can look at this and say this is our you know, we're, we're going to rip this game apart. We're going to put up six, seven goals, which Minnesota just did. Um, but I, I, I just like, we know they don't have it. Like it, this is, this is all about, this is going to be all about special teams. This is going to be all about goaltending and uh, for, for the Rangers. And if Larkin continues on a five on five pace, Bertuzzi continues on his five on five pace, Wingies, uh, they can take this one. They're a better five on five team. Than the Rangers, so let's uh let's keep you this think, game five uh, on five. Red Wings get right. the win. Matt, last prediction from you here. Um, does Lucas Raymond um, inspire Lafreniere and wake up the sleeping giant to finally start scoring, or Why does Lucas Raymond say, or does Lucas say first pick my ass and dumps a hat trick all over the Rangers? Um. Yeah, I'd have I'd have to say it would go in that direction, right? Like Lucas already seems like right. the inspired I think it's individual. Settled. I don't yeah. want to have a conversation about how Lucas Raymond's gonna awaken Alexi Lafreniere. I don't want to. Have, that's a New York Rangers podcast conversation. I don't. I don't want to talk about that. It's so mean. What do you mean? Cause what I want him to stay being dog shit. I, what do you mean? I. No, he's a, you know, he's a guy, you know, let him have his career and, you know. All right, well, screw him then. All right, go, yeah. go run wings. Yeah, come on. I don't need Lafreniere to get points. I'm not saying you want that to happen. It's just, is it going to happen? Well, yeah, he's going to get a fucking hat trick. You happy? Just like fucking Boldy did. God. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. There. <laughs> all right, now I feel better. We got it on tape. It's broadcast to the world. That's all I wanted. Oh, that is going to be a great way to open the next episode if it actually happens. So uh, you guys keep your fingers crossed that we're not handing out first hat tricks to Lafreniere. Um, <clears throat> all right. This is 15 minutes. 
uh, arguably 25 minutes longer than I wanted this episode to be. So we got all our topics in. I got, yeah, and I got my dumb thing that'll keep me up at night. Um, I get one of those in every episode where I worry that somebody's going to comment and make me sad. Because <laughs> I said Cider was my one player above Larkin, and now I'm just, I'm a wreck about it. You'll never I'm come an back absolute wreck. You'll never come Jimmy back. John Sand. Uh, all right, Matt, I, let's. I left let's ride off the whole man. episode, so now the audio is going to be terrible. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm not sleeping tonight. You did a horrendous job today, man. But oh, we didn't God. even notice. You just, like, telling us how there's weird fingers in the sausage. But we're already eating the hot dog in between a couple of buns. We don't even know, Matt. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt's going to go get some sleep. You guys have a nice uh, night, and then uh, we'll we'll join you all USA. on Twitter. For, uh... USA! USA! I don't, I don't really care. Canada! Canada! You know, we're getting that snowstorm, like, early in the morning. So I got to wake up and get in my car and be on the way to Detroit. So my one-over-hour drive, I want to be on Matt, the you're making this episode take starts. even longer. All right. No, you're right. You're right. All right. Bye, everybody. Mort Sider for the Calder. Matt we has a terrible it. drive. Oh, we got it. Anyway, USA! USA! Cherry Coke! Cherry Coke! Cherry Coke! Coke. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.